Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 89, Arrival. Hello, Hallie. Hello, David. Hello, Kristen. Hey there, David. <laughs> She's <laughs> quoting the famous character from Arrival, Cowboy Jones. <laughs> yeah. Brief cameo. But when can you miss it? <laughs> but he's, <laughs> but there. he's there. He's there. Hello, listeners. Arrival is a 2016 American science fiction drama film. It was directed by Dennis Villeneuve. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Dennis didn't tell me. Villeneuve. Ask Louise Banks. Yeah. Yeah. I I will. I made a reference to the movie just now. Just like with Cowboy Jones. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis directed it. And it was adapted by Al- Eric Heiserer from a short story by Ted Chang called Story of Your Life. Arrival stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, Michael Stuhlbarg, and C. Ma. It was filmed on a $47 million budget and grossed over $203 million worldwide. A hit! Critics loved Arrival as well, and in particular, Amy Adams' performance, the screenplay's depiction of communication with extraterrestrials, and the original score by Johan Johansson, who I recognized from my college hipster days. Nice. <laughs> he was putting out ambient electronic music albums because Icelandic music was all the rage in the early to mid-2000s. I do remember this. Yeah, and yeah. he was a big part of that scene. He had, he had like Bjork, he had like Sia Rose, there was this like mum, there were a bunch of, bunch of Icelandic bands. Bunch of Icy's. That's what they like to call themselves. Yeah, yeah. they love that. <laughs> it felt bad to say, and I retracted it. It felt very derogatory. It was meant to be fun. Like the icy polar bear. <laughs> I was also thinking of the polar bear. <laughs> but, like like the slushies? Yeah. <laughs> you get from 7-Eleven. <laughs> but, um... I felt wrong, so I'm sorry to the Icelandic people if that was offensive. (laughs) It was. Arrival was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Adapted Screenplay, and, in the category that it won for, Best Sound Editing, which is a little bit of a bummer, considering it had eight and it only won one. Yeah, Yeah. it does feel a little bit of a bummer, but I don't remember. I was going to look up who they lost to, 2000. 16. Ask your friend. I yeah. could ask. Yeah. She's not my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what? 2017? What came oh, out man. then? Dunkirk! No, I think that came 1890. Uh, Moonlight won Best Picture. I do or did that. it? And Best Director went to the guy who directed La La Land. I remember this debacle. Yes, this was the year La La Land didn't win the Best Picture one. And it's funny, it seems very coincidental, because just the night before I've been reading a thing about, like, here's exactly where all the winning envelopes go for the Oscars, and here's why they're never going to read the wrong name. And then they did. And I'm like, I don't know. Feels staged. I don't think it was, but maybe. Inside job. Uh, Boost ratings. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) That happens. Louise Banks wasn't there, nor was Cowboy Jones. No, they were not. They were not. I'm looking at if there's anything else interesting to note about this. 
best animated feature, Zootopia. Yay! Beating Moana. Okay. And Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Kubo. My Life is a Zucchini. What are the other Best Picture nominees? Uh, The other Best Pictures of this year, and then we'll move on. Moonlight, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, and Manchester by the Sea. I only saw two of those. I liked Manchester by the Sea. I saw that twice. And those are Hallie's thoughts Mm -hmm. on Manchester by the Sea. I liked it and I saw it twice. And actually, if you asked me what it was about, I couldn't tell you. Depression. It's about depression. depression. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure uh, Boston, but I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. Like that area, because it's Manchester by the Sea. And it's, and, um, or was it England? Because the man is Manchester, sad. England. Yeah. The Wikipedia says that it is centered around the themes of depression, guilt, grief, responsibility, yeah. dysfunctional families, yeah. and PTSD. All of those in a somber, waterlogged background. Yeah. And I remember thinking, why would I go see this? <laughs> I don't remember why I was there. I think I saw it with my parents on a weird family <laughs> outing day. <laughs> Let's go be sad. Let's go watch a dysfunctional family experience and cope with traumas. Yeah. Yeah. I should rewatch Manchester by the Sea. I will not. Thanks, Arrival, for reminding me of Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Well, in case it's been a while since you've seen it, Arrival is the story of Louise Banks, who I spelled as Luzi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and fix that. Lucy Louise Banks, a linguistics professor who is one of the most highly sought-after translators in the world. During what was probably going to be a banger lesson on the Portuguese language, her class is interrupted by breaking news. Twelve alien spacecraft have landed at various locations around the world. Colonel Weber from the U.S. Army contacts Banks at her office, playing for her a recording of some sounds generated by the aliens, known as heptopods due to their seven legs, and asks her to help them translate their language. She and a physicist, Ian, are taken to the spacecraft hovering over Montana, and she begins to try to communicate with them in writing, something no one else in the world has thought of. (laughs) Will she be able to learn their language in time before one of the other world governments decides to drive the aliens off the planet? And will someone, anyone, finally appreciate the humanities? (laughs) A little girl with a horse costume, a vision of future divorce, and the worst (laughs) YouTubers around... It's a rival. There was somebody when I was reading the IMDb trivia who was like, you know what's interesting is that it showed that two pods landed in North America, but there was only one U.S. screen on the thing. And I was like, well, one of those was in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is not the US. which is not the US that is in fact And then they were like only one landed in Europe but this other European country and Denmark were there but it probably landed in the water where Denmark has jurisdiction I was gonna say, And I was like so it's correct so it's correct <laughs> Europe is also just like so all just, those countries are, all just, are just puzzling on top of but each other. I just really thought that it was funny that they were like, two in North America, but only one U.S. representation. Shit. And I'm like, there are three countries in North America. Yes, there are four. Three biggins. Unless they're just covering <laughs> I don't 
Is Greenland part of North America? Is Iceland? Iceland's not. Iceland's not. Greenland is an island country in North America. Oh, oh God! <laughs> part of the kingdom of Denmark, which is probably why Denmark was probably on the screen, because it one landed in Greenland. We've cracked the code. We've solved the mystery, random um, user that you're summarizing. Iceland? She's <laughs> just Iceland. They call themselves Ices. <laughs> the um yes. But first, I I was just on the Wikipedia page here for Greenland and they have a snippet of the Greenlandic anthem, which I'm not gonna try to pronounce in Greenlandic. But the translation is the land of great length. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes long. Sure summarized. Good it. for them. What do you want me to is Iceland, want Iceland part of North America? No. Okay. I could, I could have just told you that. Okay, it's, I didn't think it, it was, but I'm yeah. like, I don't know. They're kind of near each other. No. It's a it's a Nordic country. Thank God. Don't want them here. God. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> We have four countries in North America. Yeah. Okay. There may there may be more. We'll see how many. At okay, least four way. countries in North America, but only Percy one in the U.S. Wrong. So that's so whatever. Until we had one screen. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, I remember seeing where it landed and being like, "Wow, it's not really near anything." And then they said Montana, and I was yeah. like, that makes- "I was right." <laughs> Sorry, Montana and Atlantic people. Oh, there's a bunch, but they also they also loop in really the, insulting um, both sides of the curve here. <laughs> there are a, a bunch of countries in North America, but they also loop in um, on the Wikipedia Central America as well. So some of those, but like Jamaica and Haiti also count as North America. Oh, okay, Grenada, Central America. Okay, I stand the corrected. The Cayman Islands, the Virgin so Islands. Yeah, a lot of. Lots of island nations. A lot of, lot of island nations. Anyways. Anyways. That was our <laughs> geography. <bit. laughs> the or, more you know. Yeah. That'll take the place of our personality quiz, because I found a quiz this week, but when I tried to take it, the website set off my antivirus alarm bells. <laughs> it, like, started beeping at me. It was like, mm, maybe not maybe this not one. Maybe not. Yeah. We all get Louise. We all get Louise. I wanted to be. I want Cowboy Jones. <laughs> Costello. Okay. <laughs> you could be Costello. That's fine. Yeah. What's the description for Costello? Cool. <laughs> Doesn't die. Cool. Sunglasses emoji. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what that's what he squirts. Yeah. Shows up in your dreams. <laughs> Shows up in your dreams to terrorize you. Yeah. Ruins your life by giving people. you a gift of time. <laughs> a weapon. Yeah. A weapon. A tool. They are opposite language. Language. Which nobody appreciates in this movie and was really frustrating me, like, to no end. Oh my god, when the guy was like, these are all kindergarten words, what do you want? Like, we need to know the big question. Then she explains, like, okay, well first we have to know that they understand what a question is. We have to make sure they understand that it's the collective you, not you, Joe Alien. Different Joe. And, uh, I'm like, dude, sir... You brought in the best linguist translator person yeah. in, I don't know if it's in the world, but she is very good at Who her you job. had available. 
who he actively sought out. Right? Yeah. And then she's doing her job for like two days and he's like, what is this baloney? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe let the woman work. Yeah. Maybe, like, Wait, you and then this is dumb. Their first breakthrough with like the writing and they do the ink splash. Yeah. And and he's like, not to take away from your success in there, but you can't be teaching them to write or something like that. And it's like you've had no luck. You've had no success no with luck. literally any other approach. Why do you think And they all seem what? so shocked by it, which implies that like none of the eleven other pods at that point yeah. had experienced the ink. Like, no one else in the world was like, I'm going to write down a word and then be like, hey. And she finally goes somewhere with it. And then he's like, okay, but next time you better have a vocab list ready. Like, I don't think she was going to be like, here's the word for atomic bomb. (laughs) Like, like, it's okay, Forrest Whitaker. Calm down. I, I, I know that. The military is full of boneheads, but I was so frustrated with all the boneheads in the military, the whole movie, which I which I realize is the movie's point. They want you to not yeah. like the people because they say stupid things like these are elementary school words and not to take away from your success in there. And can you translate this garbled audio MP3 of sounds you've never heard before? She's like, I'd have to see them. And he's like, you didn't need that for this other language that you, that you already know. knew, right? That <laughs> is, like, belongs to humans. Right, that belongs to humans. <laughs> and it's not just boat foghorn sounds. <laughs> right? Like, why do you think I'll just know? Because he seems so genuinely shocked when she's like, I'd have to be there. Like, And then when she's like, okay, so what is your purpose here? And they say, offer weapon. And then everyone's like, red Freaking flag. Yep. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I can understand having some degree of yeah. concern over that. That's fair. Um, but then they make the very good point of like, are they offering a weapon to us? Do they want us to offer a weapon? Does weapon mean the same thing as tool? Like, we have a lot of unknowns and like, we got to go back in there. And they're like, absolutely not. And I'm like, at no point has this seemed malicious. None. None. And I don't think that by doing this one thing, it's going to suddenly, like, they answered your question. And they didn't say, like, offer weapon or die. They said offer weapon. They just said offer weapon. And, and, hold on, long pause. And then for some reason, they assume that offer weapon means that they want the humans to fight amongst themselves. Right? Which just seems like a very faulty leap in logic. Yeah, it, I mean... Colonel Weber does at one point come up with the, like, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Or, yeah. like, like yeah. Louise says that and he, like, yeah. finishes it or whatever. Um, it feels like the military was doing that the entire time. The like, as soon as, like, time. like the yeah. word weapon was introduced, they were like, weapon? That just must mean that they want us to kill each other but, or have them kill right. us. And, and it then, was like... <laughs> like, I know, that, I know that guns are your thing, <laughs> but, like... But, but like, it can be calmed down a little bit. Part of that, too, is I get that they were assuming, and I believe correctly so, that the aliens were all communicating with each other in a way that we just didn't know how to mm-hmm. see, hear, understand, whatever. Um, so it's not unreasonable to say that they're, like, connecting these things. But also that was, like, strictly about how the Chinese government was handling their alien mm-hmm. thing and using Mahjong to, like, communicate yeah. with them. Whereas Louise did not do that. 
So technically, you know, she did say like, you know, if you always have winners and losers, like it's bound to be bad. So she's not wrong. And you can see why they would still be a little bit skeptical. But that's not at all how they were communicating with this set of aliens. So it's very... um, um, And then like... And then one of them is like, okay, well, if they're trying to get us to work together to get the, the 12 or whatever, then why why not give it to us all at once? Why give it to us in pieces? And it's like, because not everybody thinks the way you do. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> also, like... <laughs> aliens are coming from a different mindset. Also, even when they gave their language to us in pieces, yeah. in their little circles, and then they had that handy little tool that could, like, create the circles and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. They still got all the information from Abbott, and they were like, what's this? Yeah. So they did give it to them all at once eventually, and they still didn't know what to do with it, even when they had all the... Like, that would have meant nothing if they were like, here's everything, because yep. we don't communicate. I found the thing I was looking for. Okay. This is a direct quote from the IMDb tribute section, okay. so I... Credit to whoever, because it doesn't say. But it said, going back to weapon versus tool, it says the crucial turning point of the movie occurs when it's revealed that the worldwide feared heptapod weapon, which opens time that Louise now possesses, is in fact their language. However, this is foreshadowed near the movie's start as Ian and Louise are being flown to the landing site, and he recites the preface to her first book on linguistics. Language is the foundation of civilization. It is the glue that holds a people together. It is the first weapon drawn in conflict. And I'm like, ah, clever. I like when people look at those things because I sure don't. There you go. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. And he's immediately like, you're wrong. It's science. Yeah. Where is science getting us right now, sir? Yeah. Was frustrating, like, among the other things that were frustrating with the military is like, Nobody ever undermined Ian. No, not a single time. Didn't seem to be doing much of anything. He didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was working on the computer program. I don't know how that all came together. Right. But he did the thing where he's like, look at the decimal. It's a twelfth of the... That was like the one contribution. And that was like three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah. But yeah, every time Luis is like, what if we do this thing that's a brilliant idea I had. <laughs> Somebody's always, somebody always steps no, in and is like, No, you idiot. No. Why can't you I just know. already speak their words? The <laughs> words that we don't know and have yeah. to come ask you for help on. Yeah. That was, that was frustrating. Anyways, seeing it for the first time, I liked a lot of what this movie was doing. This is my segue. So Arrival sort of combines two genres that I like very much. What I call boring sci-fi but it's probably better termed like a humanist sci-fi or slipstream which is where literary fiction gets blended with sci-fi or fantasy i call it boring sci-fi because there aren't like spaceship battles or lightsaber fights or anything but i do love films where like very little happens and the focus is on the emotional lives of the characters so boring sci-fi plus what i've heard called the document thriller yeah which has to do with like legal or government stuff usually but in this case it's all about like translating the alien languages before time runs out and the chinese government starts to attack the aliens it's just like people reading papers and like making complicated computer programs and stuff and that you get like the ticking clock and like yeah. other like thriller elements in there yeah document thriller have you seen annihilation no you might like that that's a little slow sci-fi thing mm-hmm. slow Bo- sci-fi. boring boring sci-fi <laughs> um not 
born different. Okay. It was almost like slightly midsummer adjacent hmm. science hmm. fiction. Okay. I've heard Annihilation is good. I don't know anything about it. I finally watched it a couple months ago because I was like, women in sci-fi! As I, I sometimes get in that mood because it seems very male It's important. It, is um, it seems because it is. Yes. Yeah. And it was fine. <laughs> but you <laughs> okay. might like it. Great. Yeah. Natalie Boardman. She's cool. She is cool. Yeah. Tessa Thompson. Also cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. But I believe you. Hasn't seen Put Ragnarok on the list, David. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't think you'll hate it. Actually, you thought he might like Guardians, mm-hmm. and didn't you? You didn't dislike Guardians, yeah. but you were like, "Oh, Peter." Like, okay. I think he'll like Ragnarok more than Guardians. It's got the same amount. It's got the offbeat New Zealand humor. That feels like something David would enjoy. I do like Korg humor could could be good or bad. Don't know. <laughs> I do like like what we do in the shadows. That's also very New Zealand. Same guy. Is he the same, same guy? guy. There yeah, you go. that's what... all right. Add it to the list. It might already be on the list, but I'll add it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, we're right. Women in sci fi and, and Annihilation and Natalie Portman and. But where were we before? Was um, I just talking about Arrival? I think so. All right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you've got the the boring sci fi, you've got the document thriller. It also does timey wimey stuff better than most movies that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, does like, it? Normally, we start screwing around with time. I'm out. <laughs> Not a big time travel enjoyer or like. This character has a vision of the future slash here's the prophecy. Let's watch it come to pass. Yeah. Like, I no, not not for me. Not your brain. But Louis like learning the language of the heptapods and being able to see time non-linearly as they do. It's not a thing that I'm convinced makes perfect sense, but it was handled pretty well in the movie. And I like the way that, like, just the editing splices in visions of her future with her and Ian's daughter, and then, like, we don't learn until much later that that is, in fact, her and Ian's daughter, and it didn't take place in the past. It's something that's going to happen in the future. Just a yeah. real bummer, man. Yeah. Just a real big yeah. bummer. She kept thing. having flashbacks about it, and I was like, I hope there's a payoff for this. Yeah. And there was. The, for the pain, which is yeah. that it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. So, I really like this. The part where they had her daughter talking before we know that it's in the future. And her daughter was like, I did like mommy and daddy. 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 Talk to animals or whatever. And she was like, you know, it's okay that they got divorced. And then later on when we learn like, oh, it's her and Ian. Mm. And she holds up the same picture. And now we can see the bird in the cage yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. And then she makes the little clay things. And mm. I'm like, you conveniently cropped that out, you sneaky you sons of guns. Tricky bastards. Yeah. 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 It's good I, stuff. When we saw the little clay heptapod things, I, I realized that in this world... There are probably like some cool action figures of these aliens probably. and like big plush heptapod stuffed animals and stuff. You can get all kinds of merch, I bet. I wonder because, you know, they're like, oh, we're helping you now because in 3,000 years we need your help. And yeah. I'm like, do they visit? Are they like every 500 years? They're like, just checking in. 
Right. How's it like, oh. like surely they, they are smart enough to know that Louise isn't going to be there in 3000. Right. Like, they can't be like, get Louise. Like, they can teach this language, but, yeah. like, languages evolve and die over time. So I feel like they should they should keep checking in to be like, y'all still got that book? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We helped Don't totally lose it. Our language. Don't lose it. Frees you from time. So I'm just saying. So, you know. Keep yeah. that in mind, guys. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I love that Abbott and Costello were so kind, and they were just like, offer you gift, offer you language, and um, I personally would hate knowing that I was going to have a child that would die in 20-ish years' time, and that I would divorce my husband. Not to say that Louise made the wrong choice at the end, just like, just like, what a cosmic horror. The gift was a cosmic horror. Apparently. A tragedy. Spoiler alert for the story it's based on. She does not die then. She dies at 25 in a hiking accident. Oh. Which somehow feels worse because at least with the illness, you're like, there is no way around this. Super rare disease. You could not have the kid, but like, right. that's if you had the kid, there's no way to avoid this. Yeah. Hiking accident. You can be like, just hey, don't go get hun, You're 25. Maybe don't go hiking. Yeah. Pick that up again don't, 26. Don't, like, don't like, leave the house ever. Like, don't do a sleeping beauty <laughs> and we just won't give you a sleeping And it's possible that it could go birthday. all like final destination and be like, death is coming regardless. If it doesn't get you hiking, right. it's going to get you some other way. That's fine, I guess. But it seems much worse to have it be like, I'm okay with this totally preventable outcome. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot to unpack, and I and I and and thank you, aliens. Thank you, also. <laughs> You've saddled me with so much trauma. Like I, I don't want it. Yeah. Imagine they're like, "Here's your child. Here's a cute love story." Yeah. Um, both are gone. In a while. Both are gone. So. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. We will not tell you if you find love again. <laughs> we will, that yeah. that you don't get to see. Yeah, I feel like I, I wish that they had given her. Does she have the ability to see like everything, or is it just like the brief glimpses that the aliens gave her of the future? Or could she like once she learned the language a little bit more, was she able to like fully? I can see, see it the being future? maybe not fully seeing the future, but I can see it being like more, but it's still in pieces and it's fragmented because yeah, she is not. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure because, like, I wasn't sure how the language would affect the human brain, which is presumably much different from the heptapod. You don't know. Whatever but brain they that got. one language theory, the language you speak affects the way yeah, you true. think. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good sci-fi yeah. stuff. You know, lots good of questions, lots of insights. It's good stuff. Philosophical conundrums. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. loved the way gravity shifts when you get on. Um, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, I like, you know, he throws it up and then it like lands, but on the side as if you had thrown it horizontally. And the person's like, that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that yep. in person. And then you just like have a little zero gravity spot and you just do a little jump, a little jump, boop, and then boop, there you are. A little jump. And they only, they only help the woman. 
And then they let Jeremy Renner do it on his own. <laughs> Falls on yeah, his face. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Should we um should we talk about Louise and or Ian? Oh, I would give it an eight, by the way. Like there's nice. some, there's some things that are like kind of maddening about it, but maddening in like a good way. Like Such as. Like watching the militaries of the world handle a global event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what if we had people that weren't the Department of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if we had literally anyone else? What if you? What if you guys just had a government linguist yeah. team? Yeah. What if that guy? I mean, we've got Space Force now, which I know nothing about except that. Forgot about Space Force. It's kind of a joke. I don't know yeah. anything about it, but I know nothing. Isn't it a branch of the military? Yeah. I'm gonna look up it Space is. Force. Look up Space Force. Space and it sound it would be cool if any other person in power had made it. Military branch for space warfare. Oh, warfare is not great. Can't just be exploration because that's wholesome and good. We are America and we have to conquer all. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what if what if we just hired a bunch of linguists that had them on call, just in case? Just in case. Just in case. To ask them, hey, you know what these guys are saying? Yeah. Do you speak foghorn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was eight. My grandmother was a foghorn. Yeah. I, she taught that, me her language. Yeah. That first scene, that first scene with Colonel Weber when he's in Louise's office and he's just like puts the tape recorder down and plays it and he's like, "Well, what do you want?" <laughs> yeah, maddening. God. Yeah, Louise is great though. Louise, Louise is, is great. So great. She's, She's very smart mm-hmm. and she yeah. handles these men with. So much more patience than I would. The only time you see her be like a little snippy is, you know, later on when that guy says something. She's like, why do I have to talk to him? Deserved, you know. Deserved. Well deserved. But I'm like, you have so much more patience than I would. I would be hitting people with rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy was the worst of the worst. Some of the other, some of the other military guys. Was he the worst of the worst, or was the guy who put the bomb in the spaceship the yeah. worst of the worst? Okay, well, yeah, I guess he's probably a little worse. Also, the, the I YouTube, mean, the YouTube watcher. I get that they're like part of the military, so people are probably just like, "Oh, y'all are doing some some checks." Yeah, but I feel like if they just started. Because this is so closely watched mm-hmm. and and militarized and like they have the little thing where it's like fifteen minutes before you can go up there. Yeah. You'd think that someone would have been like, I don't recall hearing that it was scheduled that you guys had to bring anything like, up there. I didn't order a pizza. What are you bringing up there? And they'll be like cameras and they'll be like the ones here are um recording just fine. Yeah. What else? Like I it just seems like at some point they would have been well caught. And then Abbott tried to bang on the yeah. thing to be like, look, 
<laughs> and then they weren't because they didn't know. Yeah. I love them too. They were like, um, that was an attack. And I was like, you saved their lives. You fucking <gasps> Like, use your brains. And then when Louise was like, we have to go back there. We have to tell them, like, we're sorry. That yeah. wasn't us. I'm like... I agree, 100%. Abbott knows. They know. They know you were not part of this. Abbott saved you and Ian because you're good noodles. Any sense that I just wish that Abbott could have like also pulled military dude into it at the same time. Yeah, just <laughs> casual murder. <laughs> casual murder. Also, I'm like Abbott doing the thing that, uh, that they're so afraid of, just just killing them. Also, I'm like Abbott, couldn't you have done this like? 10 seconds earlier, they hang out in their little zero-gravity sweet spot. You fly away to safety. That would be ideal, because I was very sad at this loss. Are the the heptapods featured on Does the Dog Die? Um, The heptapod? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I went to that website, because I couldn't remember if something happened to the bird. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) Bird's fine, and yes, they have all sorts of warnings. Like, there's one where it's like, are there bugs? And they're like, briefly, they show a caterpillar. <laughs> and they do. And then, what? Because they don't have, like, a section for aliens, but they have something about, like, does X thing die? And they're like, no, but, or they were like, the alien dies. You don't see it, but it is very sad. Okay. Yeah. I'm very thankful for the Does the Dog Die website. <laughs> Did you find it? Yes. Does a horse die? No. No. <laughs> Is there dog fighting? No. no. Does a dragon die? Yeah. <laughs> Replace dragon with sci fi slash fantasy creature, and spoiler alert, one of the aliens you've grown emotionally attached to dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. It's very handy. There was a book that I started to read because I had liked this author's for three of his other books. They mention a dog on like one of the first pages and I was like mm, nervous. Mm. And then like a few pages they mentioned the dog again and they talked about how it was such a good dog. Mm. And I'm like <sighs> So I looked it up. And not only does the dog die, but according to the comments on there, even knowing that it's coming and how it dies is not enough. It's still so terrible that it's extra bad. And I'm like, okay, well, well guess who's not reading this book? Yeah, and it's being it made into a TV show. <gasps> what? Yeah. How does the dog die? Don't know. Did not read it because I don't need that in my head. What's the name of the book? My Best Friend's Exorcism. Awesome. Yeah. If you learn, do not tell me or I will stab you in the eye. I just want to know. Yeah. Multiple comments were like, it's bad. It's not, it's bad. I'm like, okay. That's all I needed. One of the worst dog deaths I've read in a novel in a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if any of them say how it dies. Maybe you just have to Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Thankful for this website. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing to know. <laughs> There's a movie from 2022 called Dog. Dog. <laughs> you can vote apparently on does the dog die as to whether or not yes or no the yeah. animal dies. Very split on does the dog die in dog. 
117 yes versus 168 no. That's very strange. I did see one where it was like, does this animal die? And they were like, I don't know why so many people say no, because like, it does. They're like, it's not particularly like graphic and you don't see anything, but like it, it dies. I don't know why people are saying no. Does a dragon die? 47 say no, but four say yes. <laughs> Have you found it? No. Maybe you'll have to read the book. Dude has fun books. Mm. One of them is called Horror Store, and it's um there's a portal to hell under a an IKEA. It's not oh, an actual IKEA. It's horror store, but store is like S T O with a little no. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of this. It's fun. Yes. And then um I also read oh god, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. That was good. And the final girl support group. Heard of that one too. Really liked that one. Yeah, one of the comments on the dog die was like, I'm just gonna go read Final Girl Support Group. Fun book! Yeah. No dog that's there. There you go. There you go. We were Back. talking about Louise. Yeah, <laughs> arrival. I really liked her green quilted jacket. I know that does not have to do with her character. I liked her whole preppy outfit though. A lot of collared shirts with rolled up sleeves. You know, I threw green quilted jacket. Okay, I don't know. She's cool. Like that. She she was dressed practically, mm-hmm. which I know maybe is like a catty comment, right? Because like, I'm not commenting on how he is dressed. Yeah. Also practically though, but I don't know. You're you're there just like doing some linguistics. Yeah. You just I don't know. I appreciate. She it. did take off the hazmat suit. She did take off. Well, she saw the canary, who was fine. Who was fine. Who was... As has been established. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder when she did that. I'm like, okay, what does she have to do to be decontaminated? Because I assume that the thing that they're spraying the hazmat suits with is like... Not safe. Chemical acid. Right. Bad. Bad to expose yourself to, like, either physically on your skin or, like, inhaling it. Or something. So I want to know what that protocol was. Yeah. I'd like to know also. They had so many. So many. so many. So how did these little... What is the word I'm thinking of? Mutinists! Slip through. Because men are the worst. That's because how. men are garbage. Yes. Yeah. That's so pretty true. Hmm. Like, did no no other country, from what we heard, tried to blow one up? Very U.S. of us. Yeah. China at least I warned mean, them and was like, China hey, get out in 24 hours. A formal war, I suppose. And then I like when they were like, okay, rude. And then just elevated their ship. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker was like, this feels worse. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because you done fucked up. They're not mad, they're disappointed. I was imagining... keeping a tab on your guys. So when they go up to the ship, they go in, like, one of those little, like, razor car things. Yeah. Not a razor, like a shaving razor, but, like, it's like a lift. A thing that raises. A lift. There you go. A little lift car thing. I was imagining that they just would, like, stack another one on top. (laughs) (laughs) And just be like... 
<laughs> well, before they like pause and and showed them throwing the thing and how gravity adjusts, I saw this movie when it came out, but like in theater, so I didn't remember. And I'm like, I don't think this machine goes up that high. Yeah. Also, very convenient that the machine goes up exactly as high as it needs to. Although maybe the aliens were like, you may never. We'll bring our zero G. We'll bring it down. down to like meet you. It's fine. That's possible. Yeah. Well, they also maybe knew that they would have a little car there. A little car. They know how time, they, time, know how time works. works. That's yeah. true. That's true. They probably did the thing that Louise did in the climax where she talked to the general at the same time as she talked to the general in yeah. the other timeline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very convenient that yeah. he, he repeated exactly right? what he said and showed her his phone number. Yeah. That was... That well. Yeah. That when I cool. talk to people, I show them my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget what you said to me. I mean, granted, it was also his wife's dying. Yeah, word. that's... Yeah. That's but also. still, I don't know, it seems like a sensitive topic, But like, so. But I don't know, if I was... A general, and I was like, I'm about to go to war, and then some rando called me and then quoted my wife's dying words. I would be like, crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Full stop. That that would make me stop my current course of action, but but I'm glad that it did. Yeah. You know? Especially because, from what we heard, it didn't sound like she... I mean, I, we don't know. I don't yeah. speak Mandarin, but... It seemed like that was all she said and then mm-hmm. hung up. It was not like she said that and then was like, I know this the heptapods are okay. Right. They told me this. Slow your roll, man. Don't, don't. Put a pause. Put yeah. a pause. Yeah. Um, so I guess she could have, but it didn't seem like it. And I'm like, yeah, again, if someone just called and told me that, I'd be like, I was already having a bad day. Now you reminded me of my deceased wife. Yeah. What if his wife wasn't deceased yet? Then these are words that mean nothing. Great. If they're like her favorite poem or something. But then when he talks to her later, he would have been like, you quoted my wife's favorite poem. And then she died later and those were her dying words. That's how you phrase it when that exact situation happens. Yeah. As someone who's yeah. witnessed that exact situation, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. That's yeah, I've been here right, the last couple of times that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is what that's General what Shang told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't buy it that she wasn't dead yet. Okay, that's fair. Hallie thinks she was in the grave for like in the grave, unlike the daughter who wasn't even in the womb yet. Yeah, lots of tiny whiny. Tiny whiny stuff. I almost, I almost picked a tiny whiny movie for our next episode, but I did not. But you did not. No, I mean Coward. it is a little bit. Well, anyways, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Ian? Yeah, he's fine. I have no beef with Ian. He seems down to do Ian or Ian's uh, Louise's things. He doesn't really seem to argue with her. They seem to be working on things together well. Seems like a good noodle. Don't really know much about him. He's fine. I don't like that the first thing he says is science is more important. Yeah. I don't know. Like I know that he then he makes up he supports Louise later, and so I know that he doesn't necessarily mean it in a way that's devaluing her and her work. 
because he goes above and beyond later. But Wasn't he laughing when he said it? Because I 100%, if I met a group of people and we all had to, like, save the world and we had a bunch of different professions, I'd be like, well, editing is obviously the most important of all. So you're right, but here's the difference. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> that's, that's a key difference. And I think that you, unfortunately, are funnier than he is. I'm very funny. He strikes me as the kind of person who... Who, who thinks he's a lot more charming than he is. Oh, he seemed charming. I didn't like, I didn't I, I like didn't the line, think... well, that just happened. I don't know what about it. I just... I didn't like that. Mostly because I'm sick of people saying that. <laughs> and then, like, in any like, iteration of it on the internet. I don't know. I'm fine with him being like, let's call them Abbott and Costello. But it also is like, where did that come from? Like, you haven't talked about it at all. IMDb trivia tells me. Stay tuned. Okay. It's, but they hadn't had a conversation in movie about it. And it just was like, like, were I Louise in that situation? Okay, I'd be thinking of a lot of different things if I were Louise in that <laughs> like, situation. Oh my God, but aliens. like, as a person watching, I was like, great, now I have to politely laugh at this joke that I don't think is that funny because a man said it and I'm being polite with another professional who's adjacent to my field. And it, and it, it's probably unfair of me to have all these feelings about Ian, but something about him just rubs me the wrong way. When Ian suggests the names for the heptapods, he's referencing Bud Abbott and Luke Costello's comedy routine, Who's on First? As if it starts, Abbott states, Who's on First? What's on Second? And I don't know is on Third several times. Costello doesn't understand, and his questions of which players on which base are taken as true or false statements needing affirmation or correction. And then they have an explanation of the bit. And it's like both Abbott and Costello's bit and arrival show the ease of misunderstanding while communicating. So I I think it was a good reference for the writers to make, but they did. But okay, I, I think the linguist might know that. The linguist probably would. Yeah. Okay. In the Italian version, it's Tom and Jerry. Cute. Mm. Yeah. What is it in the French version? I think still Abbott and Costello. They only specified the Italian version as needing to be changed. <laughs> the Italian version. Like, fuck Abbott and Costello. They also changed the artist because it was Sheena Easton. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like, she doesn't seem like she would be popular enough for people to know who she is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know who Sheena Easton is. I still found humor in the scene. Yeah, um, that would be fine. Let me find it. Oh, this is unrelated to that, but it sounds um, like something you might relate to. Where um, it says, Dirty sci fi is what director Denis Villeneuve and cinematographer Bradford Young called the look they created together for Arrival. Uh, Dennis wanted it to feel like this was happening on a bad Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. like when you were a kid on the school bus on a rainy day, and you dream out, or and you dream while looking out the window on at the clouds. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like you can get behind a bad Tuesday morning vibe. Yeah, because you uh-huh. like depressing things. I don't. I mean, things that make no sense. <laughs> I thought they succeeded in the in the bad Tuesday morning vibe. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad Tuesday morning vibe. I was like, rainy day vibes, for sure. No, I got that. I mean, Louise didn't seem happy. She never really seems happy. Yeah. You know, and, and like... hasn't slept in like three months by the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they say um, Pink Floyd instead of Shane Easton. Uh, 
These changes were made because both Abbott and Costello and Sheena Easton are not well-known icons in Italian culture. No, Ian's fine. Seems like a good noodle. I like that, you know, she's making that apparently treasonous phone call at the end. Yeah. And she's like, do and you trust me? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he no, just he supports her. He does do that. Like, I'm sorry. He stands in the bullet path and is like, she's doing a thing. We should just let her do all the things is what I've learned over these past several months. Because she's a smart noodle. Yeah. No, I like Ian. I feel like both Ian and Louise we could stand to learn more about, but I understand that we're dealing with aliens and language yeah, and tiny-wimey stuff. Yeah. Um, mutinies. Mutiny. Governments. Yeah, every time. Doomed children. Doomed I, children. I really... I was telling Howie, I would like... A movie where like the world is ending or there's some like big catastrophic or like world changing event mm-hmm. or somebody's flipping through channels and just like hits the Cartoon Network at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always like every channel's the news and there's always something dark and depressing yeah. and then yeah. you know, somebody's like, <laughs> every time the news came on it was like and now there's rioting and everything is falling apart in society. It was just like what if what if suddenly there was Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think because I have started reading Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. And in that one, the sun is getting dimmer and it will dim at an exponential rate, which mm. is bad for humankind. That's bad for humans. But at some point, it mentions that like like after one year, it will have dimmed, um, I don't know, was it 1% or was it like 0.1%? I don't know. Not enough to really make that much of a difference. Um... But he's like, but life goes on. Scientists are trying to figure this out. We still got to do all of our daily things. And I was like, wow, crazy. I mean, I guess what can you do but continue to do that, especially because the sun, you haven't hit an ice age yet. But I did think that it, it, this gave the impression that like the aliens had been here for several months at this point and like, maybe not several months, but at least like two. Yeah. And everything was still, like, chaotic. I don't know. I feel like yeah. at some point, you yeah. almost kind of reach a weird back this to is normal. normal where you're exactly. like, listen, yeah, the aliens are here. It's crazy. Something bad could happen at any second. However, they haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Um, so, I, unfortunately, yeah. I still have to pay rent and, like, right. food, and, like, so, like I do, do have to go to work. Like, yeah. I do. Like, I understand the focus I would like another movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do understand that the focus in this one is like Louise and learning how to communicate with the aliens and that's all yeah. cool. But like I would like another movie where it was like I don't know two kids in Nebraska but also there's aliens in Montana. <laughs> and like that's just like the background yeah. of the thing. Like every now and then we get an update about the aliens and like they are like Oh, aliens, that's kind of cool. Maybe that's we should go out happening. there. But, like, they never do because they're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems like a cool thing to have in the background right, of a yeah. movie. Like, what is, like, landscape. a... Yeah, what is a normal... A normal, everyday, non-government official have to say about the aliens? Yeah. Who's, like, also probably not going to riot or anything. No. They're just, like... <laughs> this is every sci-fi movie that we've watched when we were... 10 or 12, and now we're 14. Especially if they, like, live on a kind of farm, because they're not near 
enough of a civilization to riot it. I mean, obviously they can, like, drive into places, but, like, immediately not mm-hmm. nearby anything. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when they're like, oh, people are stockpiling food, I can just imagine the parents being like, our food's in the ground, and we got to keep working if we want to get it. So, right. yeah. until... They've probably got it. Doomsday is here. Yeah. We got to keep doing our jobs. And they're like, oh, really thought I wouldn't have to get up at five this morning. Yeah. And like, <laughs> On account of the aliens. These kids might have, <laughs> for this movie that we're writing, <laughs> um, they might have like an uncle who's got a lot of guns and like has already been stockpiling canned food and is like, this is what I've been waiting my whole life for. <laughs> you want to make like, fun of me. So yeah. I got 49 cans of peaches be- in the basement. Yeah, and he's become, like, completely insufferable. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like, my even, God, we get it, Tom. Yep. Even more so than, than normal, because... He's like, I was right! And they're like, yeah, right, sure were. Yeah, all right, you win this one. You don't have to tell us every day. But the kids already don't like him, and he's not invited to family not events, right. so... He shows up anyway. But. Shows up anyways. Yeah. Anyways. That's that our be, movie. That would be a good movie. Fun us. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, um, director yeah. whose name we can't pronounce. Dennis. Dennis. Denny V. Denny V. Arrival. Arrival 2. <laughs> yes. like, not two, even the B or C plot. Just like the L plot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this time with 80% fewer aliens. <laughs> But 100% more Uncle Tom. Yeah, and some skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably skateboarding. Yay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, also, probably no military in our movie. Let's talk about Ideally the military. No military. <laughs> military. Yeah. I want, like, listen, they had problems, but I did think it was kind of funny when the news person was like, people are mad at how the government is handling this. And I'm like, they brought in the linguists. Ian and Louise are doing their jobs. Yeah. Um, but they all, but again, they brought, they, yeah. no one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Louise is crushing it, but. No one else, like, I guess technically they aren't doing anything else, but we, we don't even know what they're saying. So, like, are these people who are like, bomb it to hell and get them out of here? Like, I don't. Like I, I'm, I'm all for criticizing our government. Right, I was about to say. However, criticize the government away. But um, I want to know what specifically they think should be done. Like, because like this is kind of an unprecedented situation, and they're actually for once taking the calm route and being yeah. like, let's invite the nice professional in here to yeah. do her job. They still yelled at her and told like, her that like your job doesn't make any. Well, then why do you contact her? But the, the what, what do they want? The when the little mutineer soldiers are watching their tiny little like Fox News TV in their in their tent, uh, it started with like, and who's controlling this? The government. And I was like, yeah, the government is controlling everything. They're fucking it up because they're mean to Louise. And then <laughs> she was like, what does else has the government ruined? Healthcare, this other social program, this third social program, and I was like, "Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, I don't like this people. one. This is a bad one. This is a doomsday government criticism rather than a corruption government criticism." I did like in the okay. beginning of the movie um, when Louise is on the phone with her mom. She's like, "I told you to stop watching that news channel," yep. yeah. and I'm like, "We all know it's Fox. <laughs> all of us." Yeah. Yeah. Except the Fox people who are probably like, that's right, CNN. <laughs> Suck it. MSNBC? BBC? 
Nobody trusts networks. Yeah. Yeah, the military, though. They got, um... Also, just so many men in this movie. God, there's a lot. Like, did they did they have a woman in the military? They may I don't have been think the film the passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> uh, well, she talks to her daughter. But if it has to be two grown women, then no. The daughter doesn't have a name, right? Hannah. Oh, she does have a name, Hannah. It's a very right, special that was, name. That was a big girl. part of the movie, yes. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was remembering the, the beginning part of the movie where we don't know her name, not the last part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the bar is so low. Yeah. yeah. Really, so, there really aren't any other women, are there? Mm-hmm. No. No. Also, it is kind of funny how they're like, we brought in a linguist and a science math guy. Thus completes our list. Full stop. <laughs> that's that's no all we need. That's no all we got for you today. Yep. Here. Yeah. They don't bring in another linguist. I was going to say, like, a second one. Like, yeah. I know that she has a team who are presumably at least somewhat qualified to be on a linguist team, yeah. but, like, you could have you could have also brought in Danvers, what's his yeah. name? I don't Whoever. know. Whoever. Yeah. But he didn't I know. Have, I would have put up with, not put up with, I would have enjoyed some linguist fights. Right? God, that would have been so interesting. If, if her and Danvers were just, like, Going at it, yeah. He's like, he's like, this is weapon. She's like, it's actually probably just a tool or some other. If word. it was between them, then at least it like, I don't know, not makes more sense. But like, of course, the military is gonna like right. jump to this. Yeah. But if it was between a linguist, yeah, I don't know, it's different. Be a whole thing about translation, translation. in the movie. Mm-hmm. All the different ways it you can translate cool. different things. I could have brought in. I could have brought in like. Joe Cowboy. Joe Cowboy? Yeah. They did like not it. invite him into the spaceship. They did not. <laughs> the quintessential American they said, no Joe gallon Cowboy hats here in Montana is <laughs> not allowed. No, they meant here in the pod. It upsets the aliens. The pod Montana. Did Montana. 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 <laughs> I never got there. Um, yeah, there's at least four states. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Produces the most presidents. That's, I don't like that. That's their. That's the crop that they're known for. Wyoming, I don't like that which thing. only has two escalators. I don't like that you know these <laughs> random small Alabama. Facts. It starts with an A. And Maine. <laughs> yeah, those are, those those are the four states of America. <laughs> Tag yourself, listeners. <laughs> I'm a Maine. Um, yeah, they needed like a like a bio expert, a second math person. Um You got military who specialize in guns and yeah. Immediately jumping to warfare, yeah. like yeah. maybe like maybe like Guns one of those and jumping them. Yeah, one of those like sketch <laughs> artists you see in well courtrooms to just like document things with drawings. They could have brought in a whole series of professionals who are good at cataloging information and 
communicating. And no. they didn't. They did not. No. No. They said, no more women. We met our quota. <laughs> yeah. The quota was one. And a half. They were, they were lucky that she also spoke Mandarin, too. Because right? no one else did. No, and they didn't bring they in had, anybody yeah, else who happened to speak <laughs> Mandarin. One of, one of the um, most important people in the movie... Is the spoke Mandarin? Yeah, is spoke the leader Mandarin. of the Chinese army? Um, maybe yep. they could have found somebody that did that. So then, anytime they were talking to their Australian friend and they were like, What was your experience like? and he'd give a one sentence answer, and then they'd be like, And X, and then he'd continue to give a one sentence answer. And all of his answers were some variation of nothing. We learned absolutely nothing. And I was like, is he being yelled at by his army the way that Louise is being yelled at by her army? Because he hasn't done shit. He hasn't done jack and squat. Yeah. He's not even happy to be here. I mean, he's probably tired and stressed, but like, he's just like, the pot, I don't know what you want from me. We went in and then we went out. There's just nothing happened. So he was really, he was really bothering me. Or the least he could do is a lead with like, we don't, we didn't really learn anything. We tried this, didn't work. Instead of, Happen to be asked like three, me. four follow up questions, I and then be like, nothing. Great. I would have been making very passive aggressive hand gestures, like yes, and especially because this so. is like an alien global emergency. Right? Like I know like, you're like, tired, man. Like, oh my, work. I would with feel me. completely justified in being like, and and info. Those are really good snaps. You're on a roll today. You're claps and your snaps. Clapping and snapping. The Kristen story. Yeah, there weren't there weren't a lot of other characters to talk about in the story. Like we get Hannah, but Hannah just sort of exists to make us sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it. Um, they're the heptapods themselves, but we don't know much about their personality. I want to know their sense of humor. Right. I want to know everything about them. Yeah. Their favorite color. Their favorite food. Their favorite of the four U.S. states. Their favorite shape. Circle. Logo graph. It's around this. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of not a lot of individual characters. Character, no. um, it's really. Louise really carries it. This is just literally the whole movie Louise, as a character. The Louise story. As a as a professional person doing her job. It made me wonder what um maybe you know, maybe you have it in your fact sheet, how long it took to film. Because like technically you have the set where they're communicating with the aliens mm-hmm. and you have like a couple military sets, but it's not like anything fancy. Mm-hmm. You got a big field. Um, we you see her house a couple times. We briefly see a yeah. school. But, like, you don't have a huge cast. You don't have a lot of sets. How? Yeah, because the only like? huge casts you need are for, like, the background military people. Yeah, the camp. you have background people. And some but students. But you just call them in for a day. And yeah, then... and then they're gone. Maybe two days max. Yeah. I forgot I was going to mention her house, which is... <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I mean... Maybe I should become a linguist. <laughs> Maybe you should. And uh, live out on the out on the water in a fancy modernist house. Principal of photography lasted for fifty six days. 
that seems short, but I also don't actually know anything about the average time for movies, which I'm sure also varies by genre. Right. Um, yeah, I have I have no idea how long it takes to shoot a movie. Um, Denny V, you listening? Tell us. Tell so us. that we know what we can expect when we make the sequel to a yeah, sequel. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll shoot ours over the course of a weekend. Oh my god. Remember how it's like, it's like the L plot? Yeah. Arrival. <laughs> drop the L drop the L and it can look like an escalator one of the two in Wyoming two in Wyoming that's where it said Wyoming did you recognize the song from Shutter Island yes and no because I was sitting there and I was like I've heard this this is not just like the thing of the time where they like to do the like but like <laughs> I've heard this specific one, but I did not pinpoint it until I was reading her MDB trivia. And then it said Shutter Island, and I thought, wow, I'm a fool. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah. yeah, it was like every time he had a memory of his wife or whatever, they played mm-hmm. on the yeah. Nature of Daylight. Yeah. Which is still on my classical music playlist. Wait. I knew that that song had been used in like a million things. I thought it was like the, the score of the like, because remember, as they're like pulling up to the island in Shutter Island, they make the same noises. Yeah. I thought it was that. Oh. That was repeated. Was it the Nature of Daylight? That's it was repeated? the Nature of Daylight song. Was it both? No. <laughs> Just the Nature of Daylight. Guess who misunderstood the idea of the It's me. Uh, the Nature of Daylight song is so pretty. It is. It's a, it's a good, good tune. Good tune. I, uh, <laughs> I think that's the one. Hold on. Let me open this up here real quick. I I found sheet music for it that I was going to learn on my recorder. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> and, a lot. Oh yeah. my god, there's so many flats. Oh. I know. That was the re- that this is the reason why I don't know it already is because it's in key of D flat, five flats. Five flats. Music people, five flats. I think that's D flat. Um those are very obnoxious to play <laughs> on a recorder. Mhm. So I was gonna, I was gonna transpose it, and that's even more annoying because I hate using the little music program that I have, where it's like click a note, click yeah. a little note, yeah. click a little note. Hate doing it. Um, but at some point, maybe I will learn how to play it on the Nature of Daylight. Just, my, it's also like a lot of eighth flute. notes. Yeah, but it's kind of slow. There's no like pause it's not for a, breath. Yeah, it's not a quick, not a quick piece. Does, doesn't the top of the thing usually have a like thing to indicate pace? It does, but... Why is it missing from here? I don't know. It's been a hot minute since I've Kristen, been in band, but I remember some things. I don't know, Kristen. I was also learning this piece called Neil Gow's Lament for His Second <laughs> Wife. Look at that. We got we got thirty second notes in there. Ooh. This is a real this is a really slow piece. Also, like it looks like it would be fast because of all the sixteenth notes going on and the thirty second notes, but it's at a very slow pace. Real talk. Why do they do that? Why not just make it slower? <laughs> like instead of being like you're gonna do a fast note but slowly, I just like instead not, of doing. A, a, I'm just, not sure. I, I don't. I never studied composition. I don't know why you would do that. Neil Gal, let me know. I'm trying to sight read and it's not. 
I it's forgot not a lot of it. Anymore. Yep. Um, I think I the wasn't one, even good at it when I was actively. I in think choir. the one that's the line, like you have the regular bars, and then you have the line here, and then the note that's right there. Is that a C? Uh, Maybe. The this one, this guy hanging out down yeah. there. That's a C. Yeah. Ha ha! That's the that's middle C. Still got it. Middle C. For a while, I was trying to learn um, some Taylor Swift songs on the piano, so there you go. it came back to me a little bit. So you you recognize to see? Yeah, yeah. Want to hear me playing Next. part of the Taylor Swift song no. on the piano? Not really. Here. This is Neil Gow's lament for the death of his second wife, played on a recorder quartet. This seems like something you hear on like Snow White. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's an old fiddle song from like the. 1700s or something. Oh. But he was a Scottish fiddler. Okay. Or Robin Hood. Robin Hood. It's more accurate. I think that's not right. Anyway, I can't play it this prettily yet, but I'm I've been working on it. Too. I've been working on it. Big fan of the clarinets in there. Those are tenor recorders. Sounds like a clarinet. They do a little bit. Alright. Hold on. It's not this is good. music show and tell. Hold on. Long pause. Very slow. Very clunky. <laughs> Plates in the back. <laughs> That song? Okay. Yeah. Poker face. Nope. <laughs> that was a good try, though. Good guess. By Taylor Swift. That's a good <laughs> song. I know. I, the thing is, we I don't know the... with you. It's no. true. That could have been I don't, very serious. I, I mean, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. That so. was one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. So. I don't know. Maybe any. you should know. Yeah. That's. Oh, I know you guys don't care. But she's doing shows in New York before she comes to Chicago. Someone made a list of all the different songs where she mentions New York. And like three of my favorite ones are there. And I'm like, she's going to sing them there. And I'm not going to get them. Which was never guaranteed to begin with. But now it's less guaranteed. Now it's less guaranteed. The ideal back-to-back is Cornelia Street. And maroon, because it makes you happy, and then it makes you sad. It's like that, that love we just had, it's gone now. It's like, you're, you're not going to do it the opposite way. No. 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 It doesn't work. No. Um, but they both mention New York, so that Cornelia Street is in New York. This makes me think of the tweet, or the Tumblr post. I'm not sure which one it was. That was like, Taylor Swift fans could have found the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with they all these have. weird conspiracy theories that have to do oh, with Taylor songs. Yeah, I believe that. I look at things and I'm just like, these two guys are having fun. It seems a little far fetched to me, but okay. But okay. Should we talk about the next episode? Yeah, we should. Probably should. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. It's just one of those. <laughs> 
We started off talking about the movie. We did. We spent a lot we of time on the movie. We had some good insights. Also, Such as, this is good. Also, I assume that whole music thing was going to get cut anyway. So. Yeah, oh, cut probably. It. Cut it they out. They don't know. Cut it out. Probably. We could have been gone for four hours and came back. They don't know. They, they don't, don't know. know. Who could say? Anyways, so next episode is episode 90, which means it's my pick. Yay! Yay! Ooh. I spent the afternoon watching movies, and I got through three of them because I stopped after 20 minutes on a couple of them. <laughs> it's like, nope, not, not, not this one. Showing you this one. There was a really, like, kind of gross and dark stop-motion animated movie, okay. which I was like... It's sort of like a Bosch painting, but if it were stretched into an 80-minute movie and really gross and dark. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not... <laughs> Bosch is like... I'll show you an example. But, yeah, a lot of, a lot of darkness in that one. Mm-hmm. I was not, not feeling that one. Visually and thematically? Or just thematically? Well, there wasn't any dialogue, and there was just a lot of really messed up visuals. And I was like, well, later. Maybe maybe I'll finish this one later, but not right now. So he he's like classical oh. like images of Howell mm. painting from like the fifteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he also okay. did one called like the Garden of Earthly Des- Delights, which is um, that sounds familiar. Garden of Earthly Delights, which is not hell. <laughs> Could be. Um, it's, it's like, okay. here's yeah, a Garden so of Earthly Delight, and then there's like the hell. It's like a triptych, I believe. Anyways, Bosch. Bosch. This was like the messed up one. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, so did some of that. was watching... Uh, Part of a Werner Herzog movie from the 70s where all of the actors were acting under hypnosis. It was like, this seems like it might be fun. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun? It was just... I I will finish that movie at some point, okay. but it was very um, slow. Mm. And I was like... Kristen's going to fall asleep. Kristen's <laughs> not going not gonna to go for this one. Nope. Not gonna go for that one. So instead, I settled on. <laughs> I settled. <laughs> Selling it already. Yeah. No, I like this one a lot. It. Uh, I watched it all the way through, and it is called "Only Lovers Left Alive." Sounds depressing. It's not. I mean, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy drama film. A comedy drama. Dramedy. Dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me try and sell you on it without giving away any of the plot. Okay. Uh, it's written, written and directed by Jim Jarmusch, who is a kind of an artsier film director, but he's a he's an independent cinema guy. Stars Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, uh, Jeffrey Wright, and John Hurt. Tom Hiddleston, you say? Tom Hiddleston. Okay. And Tilda Swinton. Those are the two main characters. Nominated for the Palme d'Or at the 2013 Cannes Film Festival. Ranked among the BBC's 100 Greatest Films of the 21st Century. And the fourth greatest film of the 2010s by the Hollywood Reporter's Chief Film Critic. I would need to know what their first three are to see how I feel about their opinions. (laughs) Uh, I can find out. 
these are 10 best films of the decade. Actually, they're first five. We know what number four is. Spoiler. Yes. Number one is... Oh, that's not a good start. <laughs> is it Holy Motors? Is Carlos, which I've never heard of. Oh. Carlos was to international terrorism what The Godfather was to 20th century American criminality. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. Deep dish... Deep dish? I don't think that's the right word. Immersion in the life of notorious international terrorist Carlos the Jackal. That's five and a half hours. <laughs> uh, Social Network is number two. Okay. Inside Llewellyn Davis. Uh, Only Love is Left Alive. And The Handmaiden, which is a Korean movie. Oh. Hmm, Let's see. We got, what else we got? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is number seven. Mad Max Fury Road, number nine. Oh, never seen Max it. Fury Road. Yeah. Never seen it. Maybe you should. People tell me it's very good. It is. But I'm like... It is. I think we've both told you Yeah, that but I'm like, listen, despite having pretty people in the movies, such as Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy, it just seems like one big car chase, which is not my brand. It does seem like that, and that's why I didn't want to see it. And then I saw it. And I was like, well, damn, I was wrong. You remind me of Captain America when he's like, so, you really got detention. detention. <laughs> you're about to give so, me like a life lesson, Dick, so you want to watch Mad Max Fury Road. Actually, so you don't want to watch You Mad don't Max want to Fury watch Road. that movie. Sometimes movies that seem like one long car chase are, are not one <laughs> long car chase and are, in fact... Feminist pieces of cinema. I hear good things. Yeah. Seems like it has a lot of bright colors, which is fun. It does have a lot of bright colors. Don't get me wrong, there are cars. And there is a lot of driving. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also a lot of emotions and things going on. I don't want to. Going on. Either in my own body or (laughs) like through something else. Or through art. Yeah. Okay. You like, don't you like post apocalyptic things? Is that a thing that you're into? I can. I've been known to dabble. Yeah. That's that's sort of what it is. Mm, We'll see. All right. Okay. I think you're wrong. Anyways, we're not it's watching really, that really one. Good. No, we are not. We're no. not watching that one. We're watching Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive. Is there anyone named Bruce in this movie? <laughs> no. Just, just covering the faces. <laughs> There's not. No. That's your only question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? No. I'm stoked. I want to know nothing about this movie going in. Great. Well, I don't even want to know the plot. There's no, there's no Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I knew... I didn't know the plot, but I knew one of the things... Like, one of the central things about the characters. Grief. Okay. <laughs> Trauma. No, actually. Mm. Their favorite color is tangerine. They have a friend named Bruce, who is not in the movie. <laughs> they've heard, and they've heard of Bruce. And it's not mentioned a single time, but it's somehow integral to by the line. Yeah. You either get it or you don't. Yeah. Girls who get it, get it. Yeah. Girls who don't, don't. 
Alright, so that'll be for next time. Do you want to give me a plot summary? Wally, but with humans. Yeah, alright. I haven't seen Wally. But what? It's on the list. I was trying to decide, or I was trying to remember if we'd watched it for this or not. We have not. We have not. Um, okay. It's on the list. That one's gonna come soon. I think it's about a man who is sad because he can't find his friend Bruce. This isn't mentioned at all in the film but like the whole time people are like you look like you're looking for something are you lost and he says maybe you know my <laughs> redacted <laughs> redacted and then he falls in love with a different man named named um jack and then and then they're the only ones left <laughs> So it's like only lovers left here. That was that was almost what the title was, right? Only lovers left alive. Only lovers left alive. So um, a tragedy happens, such as Bruce is gone. Bruce is gone. <laughs> um, you know, like an earthquake, like an earthquake happened and killed everybody. San Andreas fault. <laughs> San Andreas fault. <laughs> Took the another victim. The earthquake happened and killed. Everybody. <laughs> and everybody fell into, into the San Andreas Falls because they were up there. And the core is magma just melted them immediately, becoming one with the earth. Yeah. Except for our main sad man and Jack. What's the main sad man's name? Terry. Terry and Jack. Jerry. Some call them Jerry. Some call them Taff. <laughs> <laughs> and I still would be just them because they're the only two people on Earth. <laughs> because everybody else fell into the San Andreas Fault. But the spirits that live in the Earth's <laughs> are like Team Jerry. They fight a lot. Yeah. Creating more earthquakes that Jack and Terry survive. That. Surprisingly accurate. <laughs> yes! I should have made my summary as concise as Hallie's. <laughs> I regret that now. Would you like to try again? No. Okay. Great. Great. I'm right. going to be so right when we watch this movie. I'm going to be like, there they are. Jack and Terry. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Jack. Let me make sure. I assume you can get this from... Places? From places, but... The dark web. Piracy is not a victimless crime. That's true. Well, maybe the streaming services should stop removing everything. I'm the victim. You expect a large service that has the resources to be able to offer art widely, to then offer art widely? Call me a crazy liberal. (laughs) I just think that'd be nice didn't physically remove things that were created. That upsets me when they do it. Yep. And you can't get it even physically. It's fine. You can get it at the library. La Biblioteca. It's also available on Amazon, but it's like four bucks. The Amazon. Four bucks. So much. Yeah. I okay, so anyways, I I really enjoyed this. I've been meaning to watch it for a while and this was a good excuse to do that. I know. That's the joke. You're gonna go to Italy wandering the streets speaking Spanish. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, David. We were talking over you. Mostly Hallie. We're making stupid jokes instead of listening to your we words about don't give up <laughs> how much you like this movie that we're going to watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've been meaning to watch it for a while because knowing the little bit that I did about it, I was like, that sounds like an interesting an interesting concept for a film. And it was. Hmm. It was. Tilda Swinton is great. Tom Hiddleston, I think, is very funny. But maybe we'll see about that. Hmm. If you go into it thinking he's funny and not... I, I won't say anything else. <laughs> when was this movie made? 2013. Okay. Yes. Fresh off Loki fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that'll be for next time. I was looking I was looking it up. Biblioteca. Biblioteca. Yeah. It's the same in both languages. Wait. Wait. Oh, okay. I did not see the Italian there. I saw the Spanish there and I was like, what's the other language? I'm so prepared. Yeah. Kristen is going on a trip. Too redacted. She won't be coming back. (laughs) God, if only. This show would die without me. (laughs) It's certainly not being helped by me. (laughs) Where else would people learn that birds are mammals? (laughs) Not a lot of not a lot of that content on the internet. Nope. It's true. Oh no. I stopped it. It's fine. Okay, great. Speaking of stopping things. (laughs) So long, Kristen. So long, David. Goodbye, Hallie. Arriva Dirty. And good night, listeners. They said that with a Russian accent for some reason. Bye. Good night. Next time, it's my pick. Yay! Woo.